Hello, and welcome to the Good Life Community Church podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope that you'll be encouraged, challenged, and that you'll hear the invitation to be a part of the transformative work of God. Today, we are looking at local mission and hearing from a panel of local legends. I'll let them introduce themselves. I want to invite up five friends of mine up onto the stage. You all know who you are. If you want to come up and take a seat up here on the stage. All right, now what I'm going to do, uh, because I, in the uh, rehearsal there was a couple of names I didn't want to get wrong. So I'm at, the, the way you get around that is you get them to introduce themselves. Don't you? Yeah, sneaky. And you just don't tell everyone you're going to do that, though. Um, so even though I do know and everyone knows that you are Stu. Stu, can you tell us who you are and tell us what you actually do pretty much during the week? Yes, my name's Stu, and I'm a high school chaplain at Mountain Creek State High. Fantastic. Good morning, church. I'm Sue Clark. I'm a chaplain at QF6 Maloolabar Coast Guard with 170 members and nearly 1,800 people. So it's a job for God, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sue. Hi, I'm Jocelyn. Um, I work for Tier Fund, a um, Christian aid and development organisation, and I do church and community engagement. Hi, everyone. I'm Cathy. I'm one of 250, roughly, uh, local volunteers from our churches who um, go into about 35 schools over the Sunshine Coast and we meet with about 12,000 students every week um, for RI. Um, So in Queensland our parents are able to enrol their children in Christian RI and the students are um, entitled to half an hour lesson each week. So RI stands for religious instruction and also for really interesting, which is what we tell them at the beginning of the year. <laughs> That's great. Hey guys, my name's Dan. What's my surname again, Mike? No, I won't put you on the spot like that. <laughs> he struggled so how, much. How it's there. written and how you say it. When you hear it, it's so easy. When you see it, you go, ah. <laughs> But yeah, my name's Dan. Um, I run a business called Abide Supplier. And so we print um, and design apparel for non-for-profit groups like Tier Fund, actually, and Kurong and, and different brands and different businesses. So, yeah. Fantastic. Now, um, I invited uh, these people up here this morning because one of the things that is really important to the heartbeat of who we are as a community, as a church, is that we understand that uh, God's mission, uh, His expression of life and His love and the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven is not just a, um, a global or a, in the traditional sense, for the missionaries that leave our community and go to serve communities throughout the world. It obviously includes that. But one of the great challenges over, in particular, the last hundred years has been to shift the mindset from uh, we pray for and we give to and we support the missionaries that go overseas Uh, to understanding that every one of Jesus' disciples, every one of his followers are his ambassadors, as we just heard in the scripture reading, and that we're on mission. And to have a local and global uh, mission mindset, to understand that we need to support all of those who do God's work, but we also need to not um, see ourselves as not part of that mission. Every single one of us are ambassadors of Christ. Every single one of us when we go to our jobs, and it may not be a traditional um, ministry or, uh, or mission vocation role that we go to, but if we reframe the way we think about what it is we do, it actually changes everything. And I'm absolutely convinced 
that when we understand, even if we think we have the most boring job in the world, or if we think we have the most exciting job in the world, whether that's being a stay-at-home mum, whether that is being a stay-at-home dad, whether that is uh, working as a teacher, or as an artist, or as a musician, or in the mines, or um, whatever it is that you do, whether it's in business, or any kind of work, you may even work in dominoes. Whatever your role is, it's not just a job when you're a follower of Christ. It's part of what you do, but you actually go in with a greater calling and vocation, and that is to represent Christ wherever you go. And when you get that mindset, it's actually amazing how even doing the most mundane and boring job can actually have a whole new set of meaning as you head to it. So I wanted to ask this group of people that have, um, that literally represent local mission from our community, uh, from Good Life here, into our community, representing and sharing the story and the life of Christ, where they go, um, but with some diversity to this. And so, Dan, I'm going to start off with you, because you still got the microphone. Can you tell us how it is that you see your work as expressing God's love? How do you make sense of that? Yes, yeah, so I'd say not everything I do is very exciting. A lot of our communication we do is uh, with our clients, and that's through calls and emails. Uh, and so I used to look at emails and be like, oh, you know, emails basically just a way to make sure we pass on information and things get delivered on time, things happen on time. So that's all email is. But what I've started to realize recently is that there's actually another person on the other end of the, of the communication line. And it's a, it's a human, it's a human being, it's a person. And so I've started just for myself personally and, and in the business to shift our minds around just a simple email that it's not just a simple email. It's actually, you know, even a, a smiley face, even anything can make someone's day. And so adding little quotes or adding little encouragement. Um, so yeah, that's how I've sort of practically put that in and, and um, hopefully can love people through just a simple email, not just uh, sending through information. So Now, I, from knowing you, I know that the work that you do isn't just, cool, what's a good business that I can do and how can I make money that you've actually got a far bigger framework to how you think about your work and your business. Can you just speak a little bit about how, why you have that mindset? Sure. Uh, so what I think, what you're asking is, is why we do what we do, our vision? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I should have said that. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, um, so, so my life exists to help people find purpose, especially young people. And so my business I run, which is uh, a buy and supply, Pretty much 50% of, the, of the, the profit we make goes into helping young people find purpose through my brand and through everything we do. So I bring that back into the emails and everything as well. You know, if it's a little encouragement or a little something, it's like, hey, everyone can do with encouragement. And um, yeah, we just want everything we do to, to have impact, so. So good, thank you, Dan. Kathy, how do you um, see your work in RIO as expressing God's love? Uh, Thanks, Mike. Um, so in RI, we have, um, with our lessons, we have an approved curriculum that we use and we teach the children that God loves them and that they're highly valued in his sight, that um, God's love is always there and they can pray to him anytime, anywhere and about anything. Um, they learn all the stories about Jesus and his amazing miracles to, that he did to prove who he said he was and um, to show God's heart of love and compassion and we have all the wonderful Bible stories that show God's love and faithfulness. Um, so our aim is to 
um, help children grow in their understanding of God and the Christian faith and Christian values. Thank you so much. Jocelyn. Yes. Tell us a bit about how you feel like you express God's love through your work. Awesome. Thanks for asking. So uh, my role is coming alongside churches and Christians to make biblically shaped responses to poverty and injustice. And one thing I really love is seeing people go deeper in their faith because I think God is for people and and I think that, you know, God loves us so much and wants so much more from us than just sort of living this sort of safe, comfortable life. So it's just really um, looking at issues of poverty and injustice and how God is empowering the church and Christians to stand up and use their voice and speak out against the injustices of the world. And, and God is honored when that happens. And I, and I think that, you know, when this happens, you know, you really see the Holy Spirit working when people learn to think differently, live differently, pray differently as a response to that. So, yeah, and I think that um, I really love what you shared earlier about, you know, this idea of local missions because most people don't necessarily have the opportunity to be able to kind of pack up their lives and move overseas. And there's people who do that and it's awesome, but the you know, the average person sort of sitting here, sorry, you're not average, but, you know, just the everyday person doesn't necessarily have that opportunity, but everybody has a chance to sort of respond to injustice wherever they're at, any stage of their life, whether they're sort of in high school or uni or working or at home with the family, everybody sort of has a part to play in what God's doing around the world. And I think that's something that I really love is helping people to kind of see um, the part they have to play in sort of what God's doing around the world. So, yeah. So good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes. Sue Clark. Yes. Uh, not, I'm more local than you are, but um, God is still working wherever we are, which is great. Unfortunately, I went to Coast Guard after I was a new widow to fill in my life and reinvent it as a radio operator. And after a 12 months intense training, because that's what we do, we're a training organisation. Um, somebody asked me to, or the commander asked me to be chaplain there. So not knowing what that involved, I said yes, of course, because we walk into a room and it's mostly guys, and they say, shh, God's here, be quiet. Uh, so I'll take his name, that's fine. Uh, and I've been blessed to be able to, more of a grief counsellor or a, a funeral celebration, celebrant um, to go out on the boats to scatter ashes at sea and we have a memorial wall next door in Penny Lane Park that uh, we can put brass plaques up on and so I do unveiling ceremonies there and so that Lord's Prayer we said today is definitely on my agenda and um, not only for the crew who comes out with me but the people who are grieving and sadly missing their loved one at that point. It can be six months, two years before they pass on that they contact us. So I've been blessed with a lot of good relationships through that time. That's great. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm. Um, Sue has an extraordinary um, ministry at, at a time when people are incredibly vulnerable. Um, and some of the stories that mm. you know, we've heard are, are amazing. So thank you. Well, yesterday yeah. I was down at Dove Cottage, Palliative Care, and the gentleman who was one of our members um, asked me to pray with him. And I mean, where else do you go? You've got limited time and there's eternal life there waiting for you. And you can say, well, you don't have to die. You can just 
change your address and keep going. So it's a great opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Stu, how do you express God's love through what you do? Oh, it's interesting. Um, you know, talked about the Great Commission. And I remember years and years ago hearing people get up in our church and say, you know, God hasn't called you to stay, he's called you to go. And it's actually a misunderstanding of that passage because of the, where Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. The word go there is actually a present participle, which means it should be interpreted in your going or as you go, make disciples. Do you know what I mean? And that's something that applies for all of us, doesn't it? It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's how you use what you do. It's interesting this morning I said, Lord, what, just help me get my thoughts together so I don't talk for three hours because I can do that. And he gave me the verse in Matthew 5, salt and light. I did not know you were reading that today. How good's that? And so I'm thinking about a framework for our role in chaplaincy, and that includes Tanya Edwards. She works with me. I have the privilege of working with Tanya and a whole bunch of volunteers. So when we talk about chaplaincy in the high school, it's not just um, us. We've got a team of people that do different things at different levels as they go. And um, the salt and light is a great analogy because if you think about salt, salt is something that enhances the flavour of food. It doesn't necessarily add flavour, but it enhances. It brings out the flavour. It helps it shine. And I think as being salt, that's a part of our saltiness, is the influence we have on people around us. And, you know, if someone, if I'm, if I'm legalistic and you should be doing this, shouldn't do that, I'm judgmental, I'm trying to correct, then I'm not actually being very salty, do you know? So for me, saltiness at school is about loving everyone I come across. I, I say to people, I want my conversations to be warm, memorable and Moorish, do you know, just to be that space for people, to feel like they're loved, to know that I'm listening, that I'm giving them my attention, my eye contact, my time. And when you do that to people, you're actually expressing their value and their worth, that they are worth something. And for young people particularly who are questioning that, who aren't sure about whether they're actually worthwhile, just having an adult in their life to do that day in, day out. So we run a whole bunch of programs, lunchtime programs, pancake breakfast. We do some camps. Uh, we do a big hike. Um, I've got so many stories, but um, I'll come back. So what we do want you to do, though, while you have the mic, is to tell us a story that for you kind of encaptures uh, what this local mission framework is for you? Yeah, that's, it's, I've, I've wrestled with that this morning. I knew you were gonna ask me that. I'm like, I've been there, I've been at Mountain Creek 18 years. So I've got so many stories, and to find one that encapsulates it, um, th there is a good one, and there's a girl at school, she's in year eight. She doesn't live at home, she lives in a residential shelter. So she's in a youth shelter, and I think she's in, in grade eight. She might be in grade nine. Um, but here's this little girl who all her adults in her life come and go. They're on shift work. I used to work in a resi shelter, so I know how that works. So she's got one adult there one day, and the next day there's a different one. And then they might leave, and she's got a new person. So the consistency in her life isn't there, right? She's a broken young girl, although she is maturing and growing. Anyway, we have a mentor, a mentor who God has matched with this girl, and it's a God match thing. Um, they come in and this girl just would not miss her time with her mentor for the world. Like this stable adult, they giggle so much when they're together, they're so loud. Even our principal says, I can hear them laughing from up at student services, you know. They just have this great time of this consistent adult in her life helping her realise that she is awesome. Um, one, one other little quick one, one morning, th there's a sense that whatever we do there's more than our own strength. There's, 
you know, it's not just our own efforts. And I had a prayer, pray, prayer person, one of our prayer team, texted me a number of years ago and said, Stu, as I was praying this morning, I saw you and you were talking to a young man and you were a conduit of God's love flowing into his life and light just lit up this boy's life. And, you know, people send those messages think, that's great, pretty encouraging. Anyway, that day I was meeting with an Indian boy who'd been in Australia three months. Dad wasn't around. He was carrying this real burden of looking after his family, even though he was only in grade nine. And I just felt to say to him, can I pray for you? Wasn't a Christian. His dad was a sheik, you know, a whole different background. But he went, sure. And anyway, I prayed for him. And when I opened my eyes, after I finished praying, you don't have to close your eyes, but I did. Um, there was tears running down his face. And I looked at him and said, are you all right? He just said, that's amazing. I've never felt such peace ever in my life. Um, and with that started a great relationship with this young man into the future. So, you know, we, we just, we're present. We're available amongst it, and God does stuff through you, through me, you know, yeah. Oh, gosh, that's, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, you never know when you respond to those general little prompts um, what that does. But I just want to highlight, because you said it very fast. You don't Sorry. need to say anything else. You can hold on to the mic, Sue. But... Um, 18 years at Mount Creek. That's worth acknowledging and thanking. And that. uh, it's pretty incredible. Thank you so much. Sue, tell us about a story in your context. I've only gone eight years. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'm very blessed that uh, I'm not edited when I put articles in the magazine. So if you want one, there's one out on the back table or by line. You get it, you get it in colour if you go online. But we produced these, um, which was the only flotilla now in Queensland that does, due to costs. And I'm the only chaplain, actually, in Queensland uh, with Coast Guard. So um, it's a privileged position. But mentioning those 1,800 supporters, um, it's like RACQ on the water. You know, you pay a membership and you get towed home, hopefully. Sometimes the boat sinks and you don't get home and you're in the water. And that happened at 1.45 on a morning that two men and a little boy had gone out fishing four years ago. I did a photo shoot last Saturday actually with a UK tabloid called The Guardian that they want a survival story and they sent a photographer up to, to do this um, shoot with him. We didn't actually rescue him, the water police picked him up, but the boat sank, we got the call, which is I'm sinking. Fortunately, he'd logged on and we knew he was at Caloundra Nine Mile, but that's a big reef, so you don't really know where they are. And this country's fabulous. We send a lot of resources for, for life. And so everything was thrown at them, nine boats and a helicopter in the end, but it took six and a half hours of them treading water, no life jackets on, holding onto two white buckets that Mikey actually picked up beside the road the week before. So God's got this plan, and they happened to be on the boat. That and the esky was the only two things that popped up. And so the little boy who was seven, Julian, he hung onto his dad's arm, or neck really, and kept saying, we'll be all right, Dad, we'll be all right, Dad. And as one boat went past 400 metres away, turned around, went a different direction, they were losing a bit of hope, and he was getting hypothermia. Well, they all were. Fortunately, we'd told the shipping channel out the back um, to keep looking out, all marine, rescue all marine. Um, 
So they had crews out on their boats looking and as light dawned, there was a glint of this white bucket. And so we got a, a suggestion. So we went off and found them. The helicopter came over, picked up Julian out of the water, who was pretty lifeless, lifeless, but by the time he reached the helicopter with a hypothermia, he was clinically dead. And they had to resuscitate him, put him into an induced coma. Here I am praying all the time through this and for the days later, but it's a good news story. Julian actually came out of that coma after 18 hours, which is pretty quick. And he's a beautiful 11-year-old boy now, mad fisherman. His dad was a commercial fisherman for many years, so they knew what they were doing, but these unfortunate accidents happen. My blessing is that through that accident, and you know, you think you're gonna die for six and a half hours, you've got to think about your future and what's going to happen. And so Mikey came here one day actually to church. I kept in touch with him. He did a Bible study. He's now a wonderful Christian man with a, a um, you know Megan who is a chaplain at Peachester um, School. Um, great family and it's such a blessing that went to their wedding, had a great connection. So these are the moments you just thank God for because you can't do it yourself, but we're all volunteers and we volunteer for God and that's it. So that's one of my stories. And they're not always that positive, sadly, yeah. and therefore I've got to do the grief counselling with our crews. But they're the brave men and women that go out there at 2 a.m. in the morning in bad conditions. Or you might have seen the submarine the other day. That came in, we were doing the, um, that was a nice thing. We did a, a exclusion zone around that submarine that sat off Malulabar. I think they were getting Maccas or something. I don't know. They had <laughs> stores had to be delivered. <laughs> but uh, these American sailors, you know. So there's always good fun too. Amazing. Sue, thank you yeah. so much. It's, um... That was an amazing story. It's hard to go after that. Yeah. <laughs> that was really awesome. Jocelyn, tell us. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, I guess the stories of, of seeing God working, maybe it's a bit different to other ministry roles I've had in the past, um, but what I really love is the faith conversations I get to have with people where I, I see God. There's like this moment where the Holy Spirit sort of opens up someone's heart and their eyes to what's going on in the world and it becomes really personal for them. And just to really be able to have those deep conversations. Um, I love what I do in churches, but I, I really love sort of going out and sort of meeting with people where they're at. So whether it's, um, you know, running a simulation game at a youth group or um, with Christian surfers just sitting on the beach and having a chat about faith um, and consumer culture and, and having your identity in Christ and um, or having a cup of coffee with someone at uni who's just really trying to Get, come to grips with what's happening in the world. Um, I think one story that I have is um, a little while ago, we ran a workshop called How to Make a Difference. And uh, it was like really early on. It was the very first session. It was right at the beginning. And we were just simply looking at the mission statement of Tear Fund. And there's one phrase that sort of um, says that um, it, it about courage, how responding to injustice with courage. And so within the group, there were all these stories that came up for people who had 
you know, sort of taken that step of faith to use courage to respond to injustice in their own way. So one person, it was um, having the courage to actually go to their pastor and ask if they could share at church about, um, about one of the campaigns. And so for her, responding with courage was standing up front of the church. And, and that's quite scary to a lot of people. And um, yeah, and, and sharing um, about an issue that was really close to her heart. And, um, and someone else shared that they had um, actually uh, met with their local member for parliament and how she had sort of gotten two girlfriends with her um, and, and actually sat with their local member for parliament to talk about an issue around election time. And just all these stories that came out that in their own way, um, the Holy Spirit was working on them to respond to injustice with courage. And I just remember just sitting back, just sort of thinking, wow, like God is, God is so at work and he's already doing the work in people's lives and in people's hearts. Really, uh, so much of what I get to do is just encouraging them and giving them those opportunities and empowering them to be that voice in their own community. Um, and so it's such a privilege because you know, really God's doing the work. He's the one that's actually speaking um, in those situations and in those people's hearts. And um, I just get to almost just sort of be a witness to that and encourage them on that way. So, yeah. So good. Thank you very much, Jocelyn. I just want to, just as our um, children are coming in, just want to welcome you all and say it's good to have you here. We're just hearing a couple of last little stories from some of our team up here this morning, and then we're going um, to sing together as we close our service. Kathy, tell us a, bit, a story about RI. Uh, yes, seeing God at work. Um, I guess as Christians, we all believe that when we meet together and in God's name and open his word, that God is always there at work. And this is confirmed, a little bit like Sue's story with the grade ones, um, when one of our little grade ones was asking her teacher if they were having RI today. And then she looked out the window and saw her teacher come in. She said, oh, it's all right, God's here now. And so we can confirm that God is actively coming uh, in person every week to <laughs> RI. But no, as children grow, they grow in their understanding of God. And we don't actually teach them that we're God. Um, so we also had, an, uh, the other day, I had a little boy who um, I was able to talk to before he started our lesson, and he was just sharing how he was very worried about certain things. And um, our very next lesson was um, about the Lord Jesus and how when he was troubled, he prayed to God and God was able to help him. And so we were able to learn uh, the verse from Philippians that said, do not be anxious about anything, but in all things, with thanksgiving, present your prayers and requests to God. And um, it was a simpler version, but um, that was a great thing that we were able to uh, just learn with the children, just so that they can learn these practical things that can help them in their lives. So um, that was great too. But I've always been encouraged um, with our lessons, we're in and we're out of the class very quickly, half an hour goes very quickly, and there's a lot to pack in. So I've always been encouraged by this little verse, which was actually written by um, Lauren, your granddad, um, uh, Ed and Laurel. They wrote this verse to us, and it's always been sitting on my desk since 2005. And it says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and steady, always enthusiastic about the Lord's work, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever in vain. So I always hang on to that, and um, yes. Yeah, so Applicable Thank for you. all of us. Thank you, Kathy. Dan. 
Yeah, just uh, quickly, I think no one story that comes to mind straight away, but it's just little relationships and little friendships that we've made. Um, little funny story, one of the suppliers, admin ladies, um, she knows I'm a surfer and do a bit of surfing and sometimes have business calls on surf trips and stuff. Not, not always, sometimes. Um, but yeah, every time she picks up the phone now, she's like, hey Dan, how's the surf? And um, yeah, so it's just cool little, little opportunities. We get to build relationships and sow seeds in, in little spots there, so yeah. So good. Um, thank you, Dan. If you're in business or if you're teaching scripture, or you're about encouraging and um, trying to help people think about justice and what it means for us to participate in the world that God's recreating. Um, or you're serving as a chaplain like Sue and Stu. It doesn't matter what it is, where it is, you are a representative of Jesus. And I want to encourage you as we um, finish up our service today and as we sing, may you go from this service today and ask yourself, God, how do I need to think and how do I need to um, act perhaps maybe differently about the way that I think about my work as an expression of God's uh, will through my life? Um, because when you go to do whatever it is that you do, knowing who you are in Christ, that you're there to love and to represent His kingdom wherever you go, I'm telling you, God's mission continues to expand and we start to see extraordinary stories of hope. Thank you to every one of our team members, uh, our panelists today. Um, appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Good Life Podcast today. Remember that you can stay up to date by subscribing on whichever platform you're listening on right now. We would love it if you could give us a like and follow on social media or even leave a five-star review. It all helps in getting the good news out there. You can also head to our website, goodlife.org.au or our YouTube for video content and resources. Until next time, peace.